Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. guys this is another episode of bears nation podcast here with your host kevin lapka we're here today with jake hassan jake how are we doing what's up kevin good to be back it's been a little while but i'm excited to get back to it yes sir it's gonna be a good one today because we have a special guest from the chicago audible nicholas moreno how are we doing doing pretty well i mean training camp is four days away so it's pretty exciting time Yes, it is. Training camp is starting this Thursday. We have a few things to talk about, starting with that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy press conference that was just held a few days ago. There was a bunch of things that were said, uh, a few injury notices as well. So I guess we will start with that. Uh, Free safety, haha, Clinton Dix is going to start off on the PUP list. So what do you guys make of that? Are you concerned about the fact that he will be on that list during training camp? Do you think this is something that will persist into the season? What do we make of that? Um, ha ha Clinton Dix on the PUP. I mean, this is a little bit of a blow for me just because ha ha is a guy that we got excited about. He's someone that, uh, you know, you got, you went and got him. He was from the Packers, then traded to the Redskins, a guy who is really talented and who we've seen make really big plays and be really solid in the NFL. Um, for him to start on the physically unable to perform list is a little bit concerning, especially when it's now training camp. We're here. We're kind of getting down to crunch time and the season's about to start. We're on the doorstep. And now the guy who you were expecting to be your starting safety is now going to be on this list that it, it doesn't bode well. It, it gives me a little bit of anxiety. I'm not going to lie. You know what? I'm actually not too concerned about it. Just based of what, what I've been reading. It seems like this knee sprain is not overly too serious and haha. Clint Dix hasn't missed a game in his career in the NFL so far. So I think for the most part, it's just something that they're taking as a precautionary uh, injury right now. They're going to obviously let him, you know, get through it and work through it. But Right now, I'm not too concerned, but you did bring HaHa Clan Dix on this one-year deal. He's looking to probably make some money here with the Bears and try to prove himself that he is one of the better safeties in the league. But right now, I'm not too concerned. That does create opportunities for some of these younger safeties to kind of showcase what they have. Yeah, so you just mentioned that, those younger safeties, right? So we're looking at the depth chart here. And in the event, let's hope let's hope it doesn't happen, but in the event, HaHa Clinton Dix is not available for week one against the Packers. We're looking at either DeAndre Houston Carson, who is the current backup strong safety, but we also got DM Bush out there, who has a little bit more experience. He could be thrown in there. Out of those two, who do you think would be the option, or who do you like better in the event that HaHa Clinton Dix does end up on the PUP in uh, for week one for the beginning of the season? I, I think I like Bush a little bit better just because I mean, Carson is 
listed as the backup right now. And I get that he's kind of been ramping up his production and ramping up his activity. Whereas Bush has kind of gone from a guy who in his first year in 2016 made 22 total tackles, then six, then eight in the next two years. So that's not great. Um, I know Bush has been kind of labeled as the more of a hard hitter and Carson's been kind of hailed as a guy who's starting to become more of an all around safety. But I, I know Carson's kind of liked on special teams. I don't know how wise it would be to take from one area of the team to add another. I mean, granted, it's only special teams, but we can see and we saw last year how big of an effect special teams can have. Yeah, out of the two, I would have to go with Deion Bush as the guy that's pro- I, even though they have DeAndre Houston Carson labeled as that backup. When Eddie Jackson went down, Deion Bush was the guy that kind of filled in that role uh, when Bush went down or when Bush when Eddie Jackson went down against the Packers in that second meeting. And for the most part, Bush did his job, not allowing anything to get behind him. There was a pass interference call that he had against the Vikings last year when Adam Thielen did a little seam route. So with uh, Haha Clint Dix now being on the pup. I think what you're going to expect Mac Nagy, and especially in this training camp early often is to really just target him, see what Bush is capable of doing, especially when multiple deep vertical routes are going in his way. If he is assigned to be that single free high safety and with high Clint Dixon, a Jackson, that's essentially what they both play. So I think expect to see Dion Bush. And like you said, he is labeled as one of those harder hitting safeties, but I think for him to just show comfortability within the team, he has to prove it in this training camp with no haha Clint Dix there and just being in so far, but overall, I think he did a good job last season filling in uh, for the most part. You don't want to even see him in the game because you want your starting safeties out there. But I think expect this Bush to be the guy that kind of goes and fills that role for Ha Clint Dix if he isn't able to go week one against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, Bush would be an OK guy. Obviously, he. No haha Clinton Dix, but I think the thing you look at is, again, Ha Clinton Dix, former Packer to me, like Nick said earlier, it seems precautionary because a guy like that is going to be eager to come back to face his former team is, is what I see from it. I mean, you got the week, the hundredth season, in the NFL, the hundredth season, of Chicago bears, big time first game of the season matchup against your team rival. It seems like that's one of those things where Haha's is going to be like inching to get into the game, inching to get off that PUP list. So hopefully that's what we see. Um, but we're going to move on now. Another thing that Ryan Pace mentioned was talking about some improved players this year uh, from what we've seen through off season workouts and through these early off season things. We, uh, he said, Bilal Nichols, Leonard Floyd, Eddie Jackson, and Rokon Smith are all players who are continuing to get better. So for opposing quarterbacks, that's a pretty scary line right there to say that Eddie Jackson as well as Rokon Smith are getting better. I mean, we expected Rokon Smith to take kind of that jump since he missed all of training camp last year. But boy, if Eddie Jackson can get any better than being the best safety in the league, then that is something else. But what do you guys make of those comments made by Ryan Pace right there? I mean, to me, that's a guy who that's a general manager who's aware of his team. He he knows that Eddie Jackson, I mean, Kevin, you said Eddie Jackson's coming up on being the best safety in the league. How could he possibly get better? Yeah, but that's, a, a I think, from a general manager standpoint, you're looking at it as, all right, this is a guy who's still very early in his career, didn't really have much of a rookie season still, and now is starting to become the player we thought he was, and now is entering his third year. And, you know, that's usually when guys make their jump, which is crazy to say, because it looked like Eddie Jackson made his jump last year. Um, But I think he can still get better. I mean, he's still a young player who could still 
t- pick up little things and he'll tell you that himself. And then Roquan Smith's the easy one. I mean, for the breakout, he missed a lot of time before the season last year and we saw him slowly get better as the season wore on. He was one of my picks to be one of the biggest impacts for this upcoming season. Uh, and then, I mean, same for Floyd and Nichols. It seems like we're saying Floyd's going to break out every year and then something happens in the first three weeks, but fingers crossed that this is the time it doesn't happen or rather the breakout does happen. And Nichols is an unbelievable guy. I mean, he was also one of my p- picks to break out in our previous podcast. Yeah. These guys are part of the young core for the bears at that pace reference in, in that press conference, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, Bilal Nichols, Leonard Floyd, and they played pretty darn good last season. So if they're continuing to get better, this defense isn't going to regress like a lot of people think that it might. So Jackson, for a bit of time last season, was you know in that contention for defensive MVP. So if he's continuing to get better, and you add that next to a haha Clint Dix, the range of those safeties is insane, and you can expect those turnovers to definitely happen. Bilal Nichols, he made an impact right when he stepped onto the field week three against the Cardinals, just making that tackle for loss that ended up being a, a crucial down for the Bears. And Roquan Smith, when he stepped in for Nick Krakowski week one against the Packers, you could just see the difference he brought to the field, especially with that speed. And then, of course, we, we always talk about Floyd being that guy, um, but if he was a completely different player once that cast came off. And I loved how he was utilizing his hands when engaging with offensive tackles. So these guys, if they're continuing to get better, like I said, that defense isn't going to regress. It could just get even better, which would be insane because it was a top, you know, the unit last year in 2018. So I think this is just great for the Bears defense, because like I said, these are the core guys that you're probably going to build around, you know, just in the upcoming years. It's such a, it's such an interesting thing because for however long it was, I mean, in the dark, dark period of this rebuild, Mm -hmm. uh, never forget, but when we had less than double digit turnovers in a season, and now we're talking about guys, you know, Eddie Jackson, ha ha Clinton Dix, ball Nichols, Leonard Floyd, Roquan Smith, all these guys who have some skills with taking the ball away. And now we're, we, we haven't seen this and we hadn't seen this in a while. And now we're thinking that they can get even better, get even more fearsome, being even more of a threat. It just speaks to Ryan pace because, you know, you always hear that good teams reload through the draft or through young players that, you know, they have guys just come in and replace within house instead of having to go buy them. And we're finally seeing that after the bears were that team that for a while tried to buy all of their players and tried to buy all their replacements. And we saw how that worked out. I hundred percent agree. And then I think, I, I think that one guy that we necessarily haven't seen it from is Leonard Floyd. And that's why I think that this could be his year. He still has a lot to prove to the city of Chicago, to the fan base, to the team. I mean, you know, this is a guy who he slightly regret. I don't know if you could say he regressed, but as far as sacks go in his first three years, he slightly regressed. I mean, like Nick said, the club the, that he had in his hand in the first few weeks of past season, he looked conservative while he was playing. So hopefully this year, no injuries. Let's hope he comes out healthy, right? And then he just goes and plays his game because I think he just needs to go back to what he knows what he knows to do. Um, his first few years, again, he was dealing with injuries, played 12 games in 2016, 10 in 2017. He just didn't seem like himself. And even again, even last year, didn't seem like himself. So I think if he comes out here, 2019, feels like himself. I mean, we've seen, I saw a video of him in the gym. He was at the Bears fit gym that just came out a little while ago. I mean, he was putting in work. So uh, let's hope that Floyd gets better here. And again, you got Floyd opposite of Cleo Mack. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers on that week one uh, offense, it's, it's not going to be good for him. If Floyd is really regressing or really progressing the way pace is saying. So I think that's I, out of those guys that pace mentioned, 
that being Balam Nichols, Leonard Floyd, Eddie Jackson, Roquan, I think the one guy that I would want to see uh, progress the most is Leonard Floyd. That, that's just me. You know, Nick, what's your you ceiling on, on him? Uh, ceiling, I mean, honestly, Leonard Floyd, just seeing what he's been able to do in this offseason, my brother actually was on at Bears Fit. I also go there to work out. He was there and he saw Leonard Floyd practicing and just kind of working on those those pass rushing moves. He's like, yeah. Nick, he looks a lot bigger than years past. He looks like he's actually putting it together. And look, this is on, you know, just a someone who's a specialist in pass rushing that he's working on, but he looks good. So I, I, so I pegged uh, Leonard Floyd to get 10 and a half sacks this upcoming season. Be that, be that edge rusher that Ryan pace envisioned when he moved up from 11 to nine to go get him. This was the edge rusher that they wanted. I think he puts it all together. You guys, when you have Cleo Mack on the opposite side, so much attention is being given to him Mm -hmm. and you're just leaving Leonard Floyd one-on-one and he's working on these pass rushing moves, working on those counter moves. If he can put it all together and the big thing is obviously staying healthy, which it's been pretty inconsistent with Floyd. But if he can, this is the year it breaks out. You guys, And I think this is where you see why pace moved up to go get him. It was all that raw talent. Well, I think this is the year that he kind of puts it all together. I definitely agree with that. And the thing with Floyd's injuries for me has always been, they've always seemed like freak injuries. It's never been what I like to call the Alshon Jeffrey elements, the, <laughs> the hamstring, the, the lower leg, something that's always bothering him. It's always seems like something that's just a freak thing or some kind of accident or mishap. And then once it's healed, it's healed. It's not something that's nagging. So <clears throat> I'm with Nick. I think Floyd can really be an impact, a difference maker for this team. Granted that he stays healthy. You mentioned the Khalil Mack effect. We saw what that did for Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks doesn't even play the same position. He plays in front of him. So I, I think that if Floyd, if he can be more than that just speed guy, and if what Nick said is true, that he's bigger, stronger, I mean, that could make a Bears pass rush that is already arguably best in the league even more fearsome. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing. Like Nick said, coming out of the draft, the one thing that was coveted about Leonard Floyd was his speed, and everyone knew his lack of strength might have been an issue. And let's say the injury might have, the injuries in the past few years might have prevented him from gaining that necessary strength. He needs to be a power force in the NFL. But like Nick said, from what we've seen at Bears Fit, from what we've seen from these videos, from what people are saying, he looks a lot bigger, and that could be his key right there. I mean, it's seen again every time you saw Leonard Floyd get to the quarterback it was his speed and his quickness that was getting him there he was never bull rushing offensive lineman he was never pushing a guy over and he may never be that guy but if he can just have a little bit more strength that he can add to that quickness again like you guys mentioned it's scary so uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on those guys as we move into training camp a few other things from this press conference this is actually kind of a big one I think Matt Nagy says Allen Robinson is the best player he has ever coached, which is, you know, you know, that's quite the honor right there, I would say. But I think that is actually really important because Allen Robinson needs to have a very prominent role in this offense next year if we want the offense to be successful. So what do you guys make of this, that Allen Robinson is the best player Nagy has coached? What do you think that uh, means to you guys? I mean, I, I think this is comes with the caveat that, Whenever you talk about best player with this coaching staff, this comes with the caveat of obviously excluding Cleo Mack because that's the <laughs> obvious answer every time. Like, so you have to go on to your second, third option when you're talking about this. Um, I believe it. I, given that caveat, given that, okay, we're excluding Cleo Mack from this conversation, obviously. I believe it. Allen Robinson, let's not forget, Allen Robinson was once upon a time, not too long ago, 
a guy who was considered one of the top receivers in the league had was making 80, 90 yard catches, led the league with 14 touchdown catches, had almost 1500 yards. And then the year, the next year, a little bit less, but still put up 800 yards, still averaged over 12 yards per catch. Like I believe it. This is a guy who was coming back from a very, very serious injury last year and then dealt with other injuries. And he's a guy who is supposed to be dynamic. He's a guy who's supposed to be explosive and as we've seen with a lot of players in the NFL, sometimes it takes a little bit for that to come back. So I believe it. I think this is going to be a year granted that he doesn't have weird hip or chest injuries. <laughs> I think we see Allen Robinson really truly become that number one receiver again. You know, I think whenever a player goes through obstacles in their career, such as season ending injury, like Robinson sustained in 2017 and bounces back, becomes a leader on a new team and produces that that's why Nagy has the respect for Robinson that he does. Um, he mentioned in that press conference, uh, look, Robinson's not a guy that overly talks a lot, especially in meeting rooms, but when he's called upon, he always has the right answer as being, I guess, maybe labeled as one of the older wide receivers. And he's still a very young one. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's what you want to see out of a leader in the, at that position. And so it doesn't really surprise me that Robinson is one of Nagy's top guys that he's ever coached because of how he presents himself on a day-to-day basis, going through that injury and then being that kind of security blanket for Mitch Trubisky towards the end of the season, especially that last drive against the Eagles. He knew where Mitch Trubisky knew where he wanted to go with that football because of the trust that he had with Allen Robinson that he just developed throughout the course of the season. So it doesn't surprise me that Nagy said that about Robinson just because of how he presents himself on and off the field. And the bears are a better team, a far better team when he's out there playing and just producing. Yeah. You just mentioned the trust between Mitchell Trubisky and Allen Robinson. I think that's a huge thing. I, I would put it as like, it's a comfort level. There's a very good comfort level between him and Trubisky. And I think it was evident, not just in that last drop against the Eagles, but throughout the year, you know, every time he would throw to Allen Robinson, it just seemed seamless. It just seemed right. And it seemed like they were on the same page, which is something that we certainly didn't see in Mitch Trubisky's first season. So to have that guy there, um, that, that being Allen Robinson, I think that's huge. And the fact that again, saying he's the best player he's, uh, Nagy's ever coached is huge because we have a lot of young wide receivers on this offense. I mean, we got Riley Ridley, we got Javon Wims, we got Anthony Miller. They need a veteran presence to help them out. And a guy who is really humble, a guy who really can help them learn. And I know Taylor Gabriel is that guy as well. Cordero Patterson, who's been in the league in a while, won a Super Bowl championship. But Allen Robinson, being the best wide receiver on this team, really has the opportunity to help a lot of these younger guys progress. Because not you know, outside of Robinson and Gabriel and Miller, those guys like Wims and Riley Ridley are going to have to have huge impacts on this team. So I think Robinson being that veteran presence is going to be really, really cool. And I think that's just a great thing, you know, to, that Nagy said about him that that's just I think that's just really cool but we're gonna move on now um this is another interesting uh regarding the offense Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy kind of touched on the development of Mike Davis obviously the spotlight has kind of been around David Montgomery since he's been drafted so the talk about Mike Davis has kind of died down and then obviously everyone's aware of Tariq Cohen but um Pace and Ryan uh Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy said they like what they've been seeing from Mike Davis that was kind of a storyline through OTAs as well. They saw his development um, and they liked how he fit in this offense. So what do you guys make of that? Obviously, again, it's the spotlight on David Montgomery, but Mike Davis is still there. He's going to need to be that change of pace back. So what do you think of these words saying he's developing well and looking good in this offense? 
it it's true to form for them. I mean, it, it's true to what they've been saying ever since the season ended that they're looking for a committee running back. They're looking for a handful of guys that can all do things really well, whether that be different things or the same things, just guys that give them different looks. We've heard about David Montgomery since the draft and for obvious reasons, you know, you move up to get him. He's uh, highly taken running back first running back you've taken in a while a guy who you're looking to come in and be this lead back, a guy who was a bell cow when he was in college. And then you signed Mike Davis or rather vice versa. You signed Davis first, but you know, the numbers, the peripheral numbers said a lot about Davis and how good he can be. And now, now it's their turn to tout Davis and say, Hey, this guy's doing really well too. You know, we know all the talks on Montgomery, but we still have Davis here too, who has been on NFL roster, has gone through all the camps and stuff and is ready to do that. So it's true to form. They're sticking with this run DMC type deal that they're going with. Yeah. I mean, pace was really excited. I know when Matt Nagy was asked a question uh, about the running backs and not even specifically about Davis, he just smirked when he brought up Mike Davis's name saying he had a really great off season. You know, I, it's not that I was a little surprised, but again, I was because we're not hearing much about it. We're here. Obviously David Montgomery's the focal point. You have Tariq Cohen there. And again, Mike Davis, I think, what initially signing wasn't, wasn't the biggest signing obviously, but uh, he was quoted uh, about a month ago in Brad Biggs article from the Chicago Tribune saying that I know my role will be bigger uh, than what I had in Seattle. So he expects big things from himself. The obviously Matt, uh, uh, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace do as well. And he's a tough runner fights for those good yards can be versatile out, out of the passing game. I'm just, I'm kind of, uh, I guess not sure what we're going to see out of Mike Davis in this offense, because like you said, there there's him, there's David Montgomery, there's Tariq Cohen. There's a lot to go around in this offense. There's only one football, but we'll see. It's good to have options though, as opposed to years past where maybe it was just Jordan Howard, you gave the ball to, and that was it. So it's nice to have options for, for this running game to see it just kind of grow in Matt Nagy's system. Yeah, I mean, hearing this eases my mind a little bit because the way I look at it is, look, again, everyone's talking about Dave Montgomery and everyone thinks he's going to be really, really good, which I hope he is. But, you know, people predict these things all the time. And, you know, let's say he's not that good. Let's say it happens, right? You would still have Mike Davis there developing. That's why I say it eases my mind because this is a guy, again, who thinks he's getting better, who thinks he's going to get a bigger workload. So in the event that, you know, let's say David Montgomery goes through training camp and maybe he's not quite ready to have that full load of a RB1 in the NFL, then that's okay. Split it with Mike Davis. And if they really see that Mike Davis is developing the way he should, then that's going to be great because then you don't have to put the pressure on David Montgomery. And then you still got Tariq Cohen. So I think this is just a really good thing to hear as far as like the safety blanket if David Montgomery isn't what we exactly expect him to be right out the gates so I think this is uh that's a great thing to hear but we're gonna go on to our last thing now uh let, from let this me say line, one thing yeah yeah Mike go Davis. ahead Jay go ahead Mike Davis is still 26 years old yeah like he doesn't he doesn't turn 27 until February and this is a guy who doesn't you know as Nick mentioned earlier wasn't extremely happy with this situation in Seattle said he's in a better situation now he didn't get a lot of wear and tear in Seattle. So this is a guy who's still relatively young, who's still, as far as his legs are concerned. And I mean, even his age, he's just now entering his prime. So this still gives you, I mean, we always talk about in baseball, you always hear a three headed monster when it comes to a rotation or a bullpen, the bears have a real potential to have a three headed monster in their backfield right now with 
Cohen being the gadget guy, the guy who can absolutely break open the field, break open a game as we saw in the giants game or pick any game over the last two years. And then you have Montgomery who is a guy who can really just carry it, grind, grind through the yards, but he can also catch. And then Davis, we don't know yet. Davis could be anything. He could add any kind of element to this. Maybe he does it all. Maybe he's a Jack of all trades. And that's why I think we're really seeing this run DMC kind of, you know, it started as kind of a meme almost, but (laughs) it's evolved into this thing that the running back core is really taking and no pun intended running with it because I think they really believe that they have something here that could really be effective and fearsome in the league this year. Yeah. Nick, you got anything else about that? No, I mean, I completely agree with that. Uh, Again, having more options and just guys that you can actually utilize in the passing game, which only Tariq Cohen was that guy to do it. It creates options for Matt Nagy and we, we all know how creative he can be. So it's a good thing to have. Yeah, for sure. So now we're going to move on uh, to the last thing from this press conference. This is another interesting one regarding the offense. Obviously, anytime there's a press conference, you got to talk about a quarterback, which means we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but the one thing that I singled out that Matt Nagy said was, quote, he is a naturally accurate thrower, which obviously from what we know about the criticism of Mitchell Trubisky is that people do not think he is very accurate. He, you know, quite frankly, it's hard to admit he did miss a lot of throws last year, but um People forget Mitchell Trubisky played one season in college. He still hasn't played that many games since high school. He was a guy coming in who needed development, and now he's going to be in the second year of his offense. I think that people are going to start seeing his accuracy is going to start to come together as well as the IQ, as well as the smarts. So what do you guys make of this? That he says that Nagy says he's a naturally accurate thrower. We necessarily have not seen it yet, but do you think that is something that Mitchell Trubisky still possesses, or do you think that's just Nagy kind of talking him up? Uh, I mean, Nick, you take the reins on this one because this is a very confounding question to me. I always, <laughs> yeah, I always have to think about it. <laughs> you know, when I was scouting and just uh, the 2017 draft and watched Mr. Trubisky film, that's what I had as the most consistent thing about him, which was unique was his accuracy, especially on the out routes where you have to be precise. The ball cannot be anywhere behind the receiver. That's going to be an interception or it's going to be an overthrow. I thought Mitch Trubisky showed that accuracy at North Carolina, even though it was only one season that he started there. But as of so far in, you know, two years in the NFL, it has been inconsistent, but you got to remember in year one, when you have wide receivers such yeah. as Marcus, we Deontay Thompson, Trey McBride and Tanner Gentry, that's not going to help you with accuracy or getting the ball to the right target. And then you go into a new offense with an entirely new, new system, new weapons. It's going to take some time to get used to. I think Mitch does possess that accuracy. I truly do. We just got to see it happen now that he's going to year two in Matt Nagy's offense, year three in his pro career. But I think he's got all everything he needs to show that he can be an accurate and capable quarterback. But it's just I think early on in his NFL career, it just wasn't there for him because maybe he was thinking too much in Matt Nagy's system or just getting the plays and trying to diagnose, okay, what's my first read? So there are all these things that are going in there instead of just reacting, throwing the ball and knowing where you're going to throw it. And then obviously year one, I think John Fox is going to mess anybody up in terms of being an <laughs> offensive uh, system there. So I think he does possess it, but this is the year. There are no excuses for Mitch Trubisky. It needs to show in 2019 and I believe he'll do it. Yeah, I think, I think part of it is Nagy maybe talking up a little bit, but we know that Matt Nagy's not a guy that'll just 
he's not just going to say stuff just to say it or try to, you know, gaslight anybody else up. Like he's going to say it if he means it. Um, and, and I, I'm with Nick. I, I believe in Trubisky. I do think he's made the right steps. Um, you know, you mentioned that horrible receiving core that he started his career with. Um, but I, I think we're going to see the steps from Mitch. I think he has the basic tools there. And I think we saw him progress and get better as a quarterback last year. Um, especially again, going back to that last drive against the Eagles, when he was looking for Allen Robinson, looking for that guy, he trusted, he knew he could trust and made some really tight, really good throws. Um, so now kind of like Nick said, this is your second year in the offense. This is your third full pro career or full third full pro season. You got to show it. You got to show us a little more. He's added something a little bit every time. Last year, we saw the athleticism Mm -hmm. and the legs a little bit more and the leadership a little bit more. Now it's just all got to come together at once. Look, man, the one thing about fans in any sport is they're impatient, right? Once someone gets drafted immediately, they want them to be a superstar. Unfortunately, that just wasn't going to be the case. Like I said, this is a guy who played one season in college and fans weren't wanting to wait for Mitchell Trubisky to develop. But now I think this is like his final stage of development. Kind of like Nick mentioned, you're right. Third year, second under Nagy. Once the decision-making, the IQ comes together, he will start to unearth all of those natural talents that he showed off at North Carolina is what I think is going to happen. Again, it's hard for anybody in anything, in anything in life to think about so many little things and excel at every single one of them. So I think now that he puts, you know, the decision-making last year was certainly better than it was in his first career, in his first year of the career. So I think this year will be, you know, excellent. And then let's hope he unearths that um, accuracy, like Nick said, that he that we saw at North Carolina. And that I think that's the big thing, right? Like Nick said, he saw it at North Carolina. Everyone saw it at UNC. He has the accuracy. So I think he does have it. I really do think I really do think he possesses the accuracy and the accuracy of a top tier quarterback. But again, with all these things coming in, you know, it's it's like when we talked about Jay Cutler years ago and the Jay Cutler defenders would always say the reason he was never good is because he always switched offensive coordinators. He was always switching around with his team. And like th- those guys kind of could have a point in that sense. It's not easy to switch, you know, a whole offensive system, especially after your first year in the NFL, which is exactly what Mitchell Trubisky went through. So people need to understand that, look, this is going to be a development, but this is, I think, the end of the development stage. And this is where I think you're going to see it all being put together. And that's why Mitch Trubisky is the most bet on player to win the MVP award. There's other people who believe that this is going to be Mitch Trubisky's year, that this is the year he's going to put it all together. He's going to unearth those talents, those, uh, you know, the accuracy. We're going to see the legs again. We're going to see the athleticism. And I think that's just really exciting. And I think, you know, going back to the exact quote, I don't think Nagy was lying. I think he truly knows that, you know, Mitch is an accurate thrower. We see it in practice. All he has to do is put it together in the game. Yeah, look, Matt Nagy wouldn't have left Kansas City to become the Bears, you know, head coach had he not believed what Mitch Trubisky could become. He had Patrick Mahomes there, and he would have been an <laughs> offensive coordinator. But yeah. I think he he truly believes that he can make Tr- Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, being a number two overall pick puts those high expectations on on the guy already. But I think he truly believed that this is a guy that I can win with. So that's why he's here, and this is the year, you guys. This is the year we have to see if he can really put it all together. No, I absolutely agree. I I think this is it. And when we talk about Trubisky's relative lack of experience or how he's not as seasoned as other quarterbacks, we have to remember he was a one season starter at UNC too. So, I mean, and granted in college, you're still preparing every game the same way and with the starters and you're still, 
you know, there for four years preparing as a, as a D one power five quarterback, but still, he didn't have a ton of game experience coming into the NFL either. So I think that's important to remember too. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, that's why we say this is the year and everyone, (laughs) at least all bears fans seem to agree. This is the year. And, you know, it really, you know, that's the other thing too. You know, everyone wants Mitchell Trubisky to be an MVP quarterback, to be, you know, an all pro, to be, you know, for, you know, an actual pro bowler, not necessarily just an alternate. Um, But, you know, to be completely honest, all he needs to do is just be slightly better than last year. We saw how good that team was and that offense was with a lacking running game. So if we hope or if we see that Mike Davis is as good as we think he is, we see that Dave Montgomery is as good as we think he is, we don't necessarily need Mitchell Trubisky to be an MVP candidate. I just want to throw that out there because there's so many people who think that the destiny of the Chicago Bears is on Mitchell Trubisky, which is true to a sense. But, you know, there's other things that go into it. He, You know, the Bears made the Super Bowl in 2006 with a guy named Rex Grossman, and people forget, you know, <laughs> that that is something that happened. And I know, you know, it's a quarterback league now, and you got to put up 50 points a game. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, so I think, again, there's so much more that goes into this season. There's so many people who are going into training camp looking at, all right, it's, it's Mitchell Trubisky. If he's a bust, the season's a bust, the team's a bust, and it's all over. That's not necessarily true. But that being said, we, you know, I do expect Mitchell Trubisky to be – progressing but i just want to throw that out there that it does not all rely on trubisky it does a lot but not all of it anything else guys about that topic right there no absolutely it doesn't all rely on him i I think the defense is a huge part of that we saw what it can do last year and you know you just need him to to show up and make some of the throws you know when his number is called just be there and when it is crunch time and we need you just just do it man and I, i think he can do it yeah yeah, absolutely. Mitch Trubisky doesn't have to have a season that Patrick Mahomes had last season <laughs> for this team to win a Super Bowl. That defense is already good enough. Um, he doesn't have to play like that, but we do want to see improvements for sure. Certainly. All right. So we're going to move on now to our official training camp preview. Now we're going to start with a nice little list of five players to watch out for as we go into training camp. I know, Nick, you will probably be at pretty much every training camp at Bourbon, won't you? Yeah, I'm going to try to make a majority of those for sure. Yes. Good. So let's go through. I guess we'll start with Jake. We'll go with you first. Uh, Give us your five top players or we could all start with one. Let's all start with our first top player and then we'll go through two, three, four, five together. So we'll start with one. Uh, Jake, who is the top player you want to watch out for here in 2019 training camp for the Chicago Bears? I mean, my top one actually is Roquan Smith. I want to see how much he's picked up in the offseason if he's been working with guys like Khalil Mack or Danny Trevathan, you know, he missed this part of the summer last summer. He missed the majority of this. And and so I'm interested to see how he is working, how he, I mean, we saw Roquan Smith very quickly become comfortable in this system, become comfortable with this team last year. And obviously winning a ton of games helps that, but I'm really interested to see his, his year one to year two progression and how he's working with everyone else around him. Roquan Smith is my number one to watch. Yeah. My number one. And we just got finished talking about him <laughs> is actually Mitch Trubisky. Uh, there was times last uh, last year in Bourbon a where chase Daniel just looked a little bit more comfortable in this new offense than, you know, Mitch did. So I just want to see if Mitch can put back to back practice, good practices back to back 
see that he's just fluid in his progressions is working on that accuracy, especially from the pocket and just being, you know, this quarterback that we all kind of envision from him. He doesn't have to be the greatest. He doesn't, but I just want to see in bourbon a, if he can kind of just stack those practices together where you can say, all right, Mitch is definitely looks far light years better than he did last year. And look, the bears still went 12 and four with Mitch Trubisky playing the mm-hmm. way he did. So that's, that's my number one guy. And you know, obviously the quarterback's always going to be an important role, but Mitch is my number one guy. Yeah, that's also my number one. I think we just want to see that firsthand evidence of these three-year strides. We've heard the, you know, what Nagy and Pace have said about, you know, his progression in the offseason. They said he looks good, and they said, you know, this is a guy that we can't get out of the locker room. We can't get him out of the out of the film room. He just wants to be there. He's in there twenty four seven. So let's start seeing this firsthand evidence um, of Mitchell Trubisky's third year progression. So yeah, you know, he's my number one as well. Uh, again, quarterback is going to get the spotlight, but um, especially here, we want to. See that from Mitch Trubisky. So let's go to number two, Jake. Who you got for number two uh, of your players to watch out for in training camp? Uh, number two was Mitch Trubisky for me. Uh, okay, along the same lines, training camp Chase Daniel looked a little bit better last year at times. Uh, I just want to see that Mitch is grasping this a little bit better. He's becoming more comfortable in Nagy system. You know what? For me, I, I'm going to pair these two guys together because who knows who's going to come out? It's going to be Eddie Pinero and Elliot Fry. Um, mm-hmm. There's not, you know, usually I'm not too excited to go to d- drive two hours of Bourbon A to watch some kickers, <laughs> but that's going to be the case this year, you guys. Um, when they're off to the field all by themselves, you might see the one person that's actually watching them. That probably will be me, just because this <laughs> is the Achilles' heel of the Bears, and it's still a situation that has not been fixed and. Imagine if, you know, come down to the season, it's something similar to last year. Bears fans are going to lose it. So whether these two guys are the answer or if they bring in someone else, we know Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace said that they're looking at the waiver wire just to see maybe if there's somebody else from another team that they could possibly pick up. But I will be watching these kickers to see how they're doing, if they're making kicks, missing kicks, whatever it is that those are two guys I'm definitely going to be paying attention to in Bourbon A. Yeah, and I don't think you'll be the only one, Nick. I think you'll have an un, unsurprisingly large crowd of people surrounding uh, the forty-three yard the forty-three yard line, watching yeah. them kick that. From what we think, that you know, I think they're gonna do it every practice. I really do. I think they're gonna go out there and say, "All right, forty-three yards, boom, day one, day two, forty-three yards every single day." But uh, my number two is gonna be Dave Montgomery. I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier how I think that Dave Montgomery being a really good asset could just be a huge part of this offense in this team in general again you know although the bears were 14th in rushing last year but it really didn't seem like that it really seemed like a lower tier rushing unit to be honest you know every time the jordan howard was out there it just didn't seem successful um and i think david Mon- from what we've heard again there's people a lot of people out there who are saying david montgomery might be the offensive rookie of the year uh you know they love the the value that they got for david montgomery but i think i want to start seeing these things happen um you know right now i want to start seeing you know his quickness his athleticism you know how he runs through the tackles and everything and again you know we having David Montgomery be a very good running back is really going to change this offense because, you know, it kind of affected Mitch Trubisky as well, because when Tariq Cohen was on the field, you know, defenses could have kind of set up and said, you know what, we're looking at a pass here, you know, and it may have affected what the defensive schemes were looking like against Trubisky. But now when you have David Montgomery, who we think is a strong pass catcher, um, the defense isn't really going to know what's going to happen out there. And I think that, you know, I really want to see Montgomery's pass catching skills as well. I'm assuming he'll be uh, on one of your guys' list somewhere there. But uh, we'll go to Jake number three. Now, who are we looking at here for number three for you? 
Uh, number three is also someone we mentioned earlier, Leonard Floyd. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of talked about him a lot, but I just want to see. Main thing I want to see him is be healthy. Just stay healthy through training camp. Training camp. Don't need another broken hand. Don't need anything freaky like that. Let's just stay healthy. Let's see what you've worked on this off season. Let's see how you're looking. How you're, you know, working with Khalil Mack. Let's see how you're working with Akeem Hicks with the rest of the pass rush. And see again. I mean, kind of like everyone else we mentioned. Let's just see the progression, the year to year, the last end of last season to now progression. If he's bigger, awesome. If he's stronger, awesome. Um, but mostly for me, with Leonard Floyd, is just stay healthy. Yeah, my third guy is actually going to be a newcomer. Is uh, Buster Screen? Uh, he has some big shoes to fill with Bryce Callahan's uh, departure. And initially, with the signing, I wasn't overly excited. Then I started to watch some film, and I felt a little bit more comfortable, especially knowing that he's going to be in a far better defense with uh, with just everybody that the Bears have than he ever had with the Jets. And again, the nickel spot is such an important part in every NFL defense with just hope with how pass happy offenses are nowadays. So he's got some big shoes to fill. I want to see if he can hold on to that position. I, uh, in one of our earlier podcasts, I, I said that I think he will, even though Duke Shelley's a guy that people are definitely talking about, but I want to see how Buster's screen is just uh, filling that position, how he's dealing with the chemistry of just the overall defense, because that's a huge part with any of the secondary play players is communication. You have to be on the same page or that's a big play waiting to happen. So Buster screen is going to be the guy that I'll also be watching for. Yeah. But I already, I also have Buster screen at number three as well, because you know, like Nick kind of mentioned, you look at this defensive roster here, you go through every single position and you're pretty happy about pretty much every one. But then you kind of look at that nickel cornerback slot and you're like, ah, Buster screen. I'm not really sure. Um, and there's a lot of people who really don't know the kind of bus- the kind of player Buster screen is. You know, there's people who have mixed opinions. Our guy, Chris Nano, who's on the show. Typically, he hates Buster screen. There's people who think he's OK. Um but, you know, this is finally his opportunity while the fans are out to show him what kind of player he is. And again, people forget, again, like you mentioned, the impact of having a great defense on a specific position is huge. And, you know, that's quite frankly one of the reasons Bryce Callahan was as good as he was last year. So if Buster Screen can just be slightly, you know, he doesn't have to be just as good as uh, Bryce Callahan, but just kind of there, then I think we're going to be happy. But Nick mentioned this as well. Duke Shelley is a guy who's kind of getting a lot of noise right now. So I just want to ask this real quick while we're talking about it. Do you think um, Duke Shelley has the ability to take that spot from screen, uh, screen as we go through training camp here? So I'll, I'll go with this first. Uh, I think he does have the potential. And it's kind of funny because when we did our uh, instant reaction video on Duke Shelley, we didn't know a lot about him. Well, he, he found that video and kind of used it to uh, make a hype video. And in there, I said that I don't know if he'll make an impact on this defense this year. He cut out this year out. So it's like, (laughs) I don't ever think he's going to ever have potential, but he has been getting a lot of talks and we'll see what's going to happen there. Look, the bears gave buster screen, the most guaranteed money out of all their new free agent signings. So they do like what he can bring this defense. But like you said, uh, Duke Shelley's been making some noise out there. He's a guy that likes to talk a lot of smack. He goes to the same barbershop I go to. He's talking smack there. So he's just a guy that's really confident in his ability. And if Buster Screen doesn't show up, he can definitely lose his job as uh, the starting nickel corner. I absolutely agree with that. I think Duke Shelley is just another example of the Bears drafting well, finding these guys in the later rounds that can step up and make big impacts. 
Screen's contract isn't crazy. You're not tied to him forever. You're not married to Buster Screen. Maybe this year, yeah, because obviously you're not going to cut him halfway through or in training camp. But, you know, Buster Screen, really, if you wanted to get rid of him after year one, if you really, really like what you see in Duke Shelley or if Screen gets injured and Shelley steps up and is solid or better than solid – I absolutely think that Shelly can become the guy, can become the next Callahan. I, I think you have the air here if screen doesn't work out. Here's the thing I like about Duke Shelly. I think he's a fighter. I think he's scrappy, which I think is good for one big reason is competition. This is one thing we, you know, you talk about this in any sport at any position. Competition only makes people better. So if Duke Shelly is posing a real threat to Buster Screen, Buster Screen's only going to work harder. He's only going to try to get better. So I think this is actually healthy that Duke Shelley is getting a lot of noise because Buster Strings is going to say, no, this is my position to lose. I'm going to come out here to work every day. I'm going to stay in the gym and actually hour longer. I'm going to get to camp an hour earlier and look at film just to prove that he's ready to go. And in the end, it'll make him a better player. So, you know, people are so afraid to talk about competition. But in this case, I think the competition here is actually healthy. I think it's great. I think it's going to be good. But and hey, Duke Shelley's a good player. If he takes over that spot, he takes it. But I ultimately think it will be Buster Screen starting the year at that nickel cornerback slot, and I think it's going to be a large part because Duke Shelley's going to be posing a threat, and he's going to react and say, no, this is mine to lose, and he's going to show out in training camp. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Nick and I's number three, Buster Screen. But we're going to go to number four now. Jake, who is your fourth player to watch out for here in training camp? Um, mine is another newcomer, uh, Cordero Patterson. I'm interested to see how Nagy lines him up in training camp, whether that be on offense in the backfield or as a receiver, and even I'm excited to see how he does on special teams as the returner. The bears haven't had a guy really that they can rely on for kick returns. Yeah. They have Cohen on punt returns and sometimes Eddie Jackson, but we haven't had that real super dynamic guy for, you know, kicking off the game or kicking off halftime. Um, and see where it ends up, whether that ends up, you know, in the other team's red zone or if that ends up in the end zone for points for six points. It's interesting. So I'm really excited to see what Nagy has planned for quarter Patterson, this training camp. Yeah. So my fourth guy is actually going to be Riley Ridley. I definitely could have put mm-hmm. Duke Shelley or David Montgomery in here, but I feel pretty confident in those guys. Riley Ridley, uh, just curious uh, how Matt Nagy is going to slowly implement him into this offense. Obviously they just drafted Anthony Miller last year as a rookie. We saw what he was capable of doing in his first season in the NFL, but I want to see where Riley Ridley kind of fits into everything because that is a stacked wide receiver room. And there's only so many opportunities you can give guys throughout a course of a game or throughout a course of a season. So I want to see just how many times, uh, where he's lining up, uh, those one-on-one matchups. But I think Riley Ridley is a fascinating player because again, he is a great route runner. And that is what Matt Nagy harps on in this offense. You got to be able to run very precise routes, be in the exact position. So Mitch Trubisky can do deliver the football. But I think Riley Ridley is a guy that can definitely push for some playing time, even though it is a crowded uh, wide receiver room. He's got the capability, the, all the all the intangibles you want at the position, just how is Matt Nagy going to slowly implement him in there? And I think that'll be fascinating to watch. Yeah, just to kind of expand on the whole Riley Ridley thing, I think you actually might be seeing kind of a competition between Wims and Riley Ridley. It mm-hmm. seems like it might be, be between them two on who's going to get the most playing time there in the season. I mean, I doubt, I doubt Riley Ridley is going to come in here and Wims 
Williams is going to get cut. I, there, I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. But, you know, I think it's not going to be both of them out there most of the time. It's going to be one of the two. And we'll see how Williams progresses. Obviously, we know he had a great training camp and a great preseason and a very impressive preseason last year. But uh, definitely interesting to see how Ryan Ridley comes out of the gate here as a rookie. My number four is Anthony Miller, though, another wide receiver, second year guy. I think the biggest thing for me here is health because there was the questions in OTAs and minicamp about his health. He was being held out because of his shoulder surgery. And, you know, there was kind of some questioning going around and we all kind of came to the consensus that it was precautionary. I think that is true. But, you know, this is a guy that caught, I mean, how many touchdowns do you have? Six or seven or eight touchdowns last year. I don't know the exact number, but, you know, he played basically on a broken shoulder. So, you know, if he can have that kind of production with that kind of injury, I mean, who knows what kind of strides we could be seeing for Anthony Miller here in year two. But I think, again, another very important thing is his health was, you know, the things that we were seeing in minicamp really true. Was it more serious than we really thought? Um, was it not precautionary? I think that's something we'll keep an eye on. So I got Anthony Miller there at number four. Uh, Jake, here we go to number five. Last one on this list. Who you got at number five? Um, I'm just going to throw back to Nick's earlier prediction, the kickers. It's a huge storyline. It's not going to stop being a storyline until there's one kicker that they put all their faith in all their eggs into that basket. Um, whether that be Fry or Pinheiro, we're going to find out. And this is going to be the biggest storyline of training camp. Um, so maybe doing a little bit of a disservice, uh, having at five, but I'm just so ready for this to be over. <laughs> we all are. Uh, my fifth guy is actually uh, going to be James Daniels and it's not for wow. anything bad, but he is now that they have that position switch. Cody Whitehair is going to be the guard. Yeah. You have James Daniels as a center. I want to just see how Mitch actually adapts because Cody Whitehair has been Mitch's guy ever since he got here. Now that is all changed. And we all know once if there's a bad snap or anything like that, that throws off an entire play. You could just scrap that one, go to the next down. But I have all the confidence in James Daniels uh, was a center at my alma mater at Iowa. So I just want to see how that chemistry kind of works out throughout training camp. If there are some fumbled snaps, get those out of the way now. Obviously, you don't want to see that come uh, any time during the regular season. But that is just something I'll be watching out for. It's a subtle change, but it can definitely be a huge impact if it goes wrong. I don't see it happening that way. But that's something that uh, another player, James Daniels, is who I'll be watching for. Yeah, that's definitely one to look out for because when Cody Whitehair moved to center, he had those same issues. Mm. You know, he was fumbling snaps, and that was a huge talk during training camp was this cannot happen during the season. So that's definitely something to look out for there. Will James Daniels adapt to that well as far as the snapping, as far as just the general blocking, and how will they respond together, that being Mitch and James? But I'm going to go with my number five, Cordero Patterson. This is one that Jake mentioned again. Bears were one of the worst in kick return yards per game last year. I mean, pretty much one of the worst. I don't, I, you know, they're not even in the top, you know, 25, I'd say. But Patterson, uh, as a player, was fourth in the NFL last year. So, obviously, everyone's aware of what he can do. Obviously, he kind of terrorized us in Minnesota. And then, you know, we all know what happened against the Patriots, where he basically won that game for them. But people kind of underestimate the, you know, the impact of special teams on a team in the NFL. You know, when you talk about a complete team, it's not just offense and defense, it's offense, defense, and special teams. And they're kind of getting there on the offensive special teams part of the uh, side of the ball. But then you go, you go with the actual kicking and it's not so much there, but you saw Tariq Cohen there return. People forget about this. Tariq Cohen returned that kick 40 plus yards against the Eagles with a minute remaining in that playoff game. And that put him in a great position to win that game. If you can consistently get a guy like Cordero Patterson to do that, you're talking about great strides for that offense. And people, you know, don't think about that a lot. But, you know, let's say Cordero Patterson's getting above the 30 yard line every time. I mean, that just makes it so much easier for an offense to go down the 
field and at least get a field goal and then hopefully a touchdown. So I think it'll be interesting to see him from uh, the special teams unit, but as well, how he will be utilized on offense. We saw the things that Bill Belichick was able to do with Patterson, how creative he was with him, even out of the backfield. Will we see him in a wildcat formation? Will we see him out of the backfield? Um, I think that'll be really interesting to see how he will be utilized there on offense. So um, you guys have anything else to say on those five players to watch out for in training camp? No, man, that's my five. I think uh, just all good players to watch. Yeah, I think everybody's five are just obviously have key points in this team. They're very important, and we just want to see everything kind of come out and play play itself effectively in training camp, just do their jobs and get better. And, yeah, it'll be an exciting time for sure. Yeah, 100%. So now we're going to move specifically to something that Nick was talking about. Obviously, I'm sorry, we got to talk about it. It's the kicking situation. I know it's kind of an uneasy topic, but it's relevant. So we've got Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinheiro here, the final two. But um, like they said in the press conference, Pace and Nagy aren't afraid to go out on that waiver wire and look for some other guy. So I'm actually going to ask you guys a prediction here. Of these two kickers, Elliot Fry, Eddie Pinheiro, or a free agent, who are we going with to, you know, have the best training camp to start this season as the as the base kicker? Are you going with Pinero? Are you going with Fry? Or are you going with is it a Matt Bryant? Is it a different guy from the waiver wire that they're gonna pick up? What do you guys think is gonna happen here in training camp with this kicking situation? That, I think it, a, I I think it's go gonna ahead. be Pinero. I think it's gonna be Pinero. I think you don't give up any kind of capital, any kind of draft capital, whether that be uh, you know, conditional or sixth round or seventh round. Um, you don't give up any kind of capital like that for a guy in a trade, unless you really think you have something there. Um, you know, fry is just money and it's not even that much. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be free agent. I think the time has passed where you're going to see a Matt Bryan or uh, Pat McAfee or somebody brought in off the street. Um, because it's training camp. Now you're pretty much on the eve of the season. You're right here. Uh, you're not going to bring in new blood and kind of throw a wrench into things right now. Um, at least for me, what do I know? I'm a guy on a podcast like I, <laughs> I, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy could decide actually, you know, what? we are going to make it more confusing and see if you handle that pressure now. Um, but I think it's Pinero. He, he seemed like a highly touted guy before he got hurt. He seemed like a guy that could be a very solid NFL kicker. Uh, so I'm going to go with him. Uh, this is such a polarizing question because we obviously don't know the answer to the question. Um, so just in be- going back to that press conference in Decatur, Pace said Elliot Fry was a more consistent one, needs to get stronger. And then Eddie Pinero, natural leg talent, strong leg, but he needs to be more consistent. Put put that together. That's the perfect kicker. That's what you need. So I think starting off, I think Elliot Fry will be better in camp. But like we were just talking about competition and how it raises the level of expectations and just the overall play. I'm hoping these guys both just keep on competing throughout the nine open practices that are open to the public so we can see, see it for ourselves. But to be completely honest, I don't know if either of these two guys are the answer. I don't know what free agent they can bring. Uh, Whoever gets cut, maybe at someone at the end of someone else's training camp. I just don't know. I'm going to have to go there and see for myself and obviously read reports when I can't make it because I, it's so iffy with a kicker. Look, uh, Cody Parkey was, you know, supposedly all right. (laughs) <laughs> in training camp last year. And we all see how that 
came to fruition in the regular season. You just don't know until it kind of happens. And Matt Nagy also said during the preseason, there might be some questionable play calls on certain downs. So we can see the kickers Mm. actually go out there and have more opportunities to kick these field goals. And I think that's a very smart move from Matt Nagy because this is the Achilles heel of the team. And you just want to get it right with whoever happens to be the kicker for the Chicago bears in 2019. Yeah. You just mentioned those gameplay opportunities right whereas you know when you're kicking in training camp you got i don't know a thousand plus fans there you got you know the whole team but it's still not quite the atmosphere that you're going to be in in the game preseason you're getting kind of close so i do like the fact that Nagy's trying to give them a whole bunch of opportunities in the preseason but you know like nick said even if a guy has a great you know training camp it's no guarantee he's going to come out and kick 95 percent in the regular season so that's why it's you know it's still a bit concerning because we don't we don't have any really evidence or track record on Elliot Fry or Eddie Pinheiro in the NFL really so that's why you know I think it's going to be a short leash on on each of them I honestly think I think if it's a bad preseason or a bad training camp and a bad preseason I think they're just gonna say screw it let's get Matt Bryant I mean you know I said this before in the last podcast this is a Bears team that we think has a legit very legit chance of winning the Super Bowl you don't need to sign Matt Bryant to a five-year deal to make this happen. Sign him to a dang one-year deal and have him kick the game-winning Super Bowl in the field goal. I mean, he, I know he's old, and that's why I said it's because this is the window right now for the Bears. So just get a guy who you know can get it done because I don't want to take any chances here on either of these guys. But, hey, if one guy really comes out ice cold here uh, in training camp and in preseason, he'll probably be the guy. But, you know, again, you really can't tell. You, you really, you know, there's no way to have, there's no way to say that's going to happen. But my, if I had to make an official prediction, I'd honestly say that the current kicker is not on the roster. And that, that's just the way that I see it. But, you know, there's always that, uh, there's always that possibility, but that's just the way I see it. Yeah. I think this is going to be a conversation that is unfortunately going to drag for a while. Um, you know, you're down to the final two, so they're really going to put it under a microscope and take their time with deciding who they want to put their faith in. Yeah, I have nothing to add because I'm. it's like we're, we're just <laughs> no, starting the football you. season and it's like it's all so drawn out at this point and it's only going to keep on going until <laughs> until if yeah. the answer is ever found. This is the the funny thing that I was thinking about is like, right, we've been following the Bears. I mean, each of us have been following the Bears for, you know, at least over a decade, even more than that. And I was thinking, you know, through all these years of training camp, this is probably the first one where the kicker position is at the top of my list on what to notice. You know, the past years, it's always, you know, quarterback, you know, linebacker, you know, defensive back and all this, you know, and that's like, ah, you had Robbie Gold, you had the gear guy there. And now for the first time, like Nick said, you're going to have people watching the kicking competition there in Bourbon A. So, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's also not really funny because it's kind of an issue. But um, we'll definitely we'll definitely keep you guys covered on how that will go on. Last thing about training camp here, um, just kind of a quick thing. What would we what would be a successful 2019 training camp for you guys, whether that is growth on offense, whether it's consistency on defense, what Chuck Pagano may bring to the table or maybe, you know, some other big strides from players. Let's say it's a month from now. And we're looking back on 2019 training camp right before the season starts. What do you think would make a great, successful 2019 training camp here for the Chicago Bears? Health. Everybody's healthy. Yeah. You're, you're already down. Ha ha. Um, you know, if, I feel like every year for the past four or five years, we've had someone take some weird injury that you kind of yeah. scratch your head at. Just let's just have everyone, all our key guys come out unscathed. Um, let's just have everybody healthy, ready to go for the preseason. You must have peeked at my notes because that's exactly what I have. <laughs> I don't want to see on ESPN the little ticker on the bottom say somebody on the Bears, you know, 
on the injured reserve list. That's exactly what you don't want to see last year. The bears, you know, for the most part came out pretty healthy out of the season, but you definitely don't want to have anything coming out of the, out of training camp, the preseason, uh, just to where it's going to hinder this team going forward in the regular season. But if the bears can come out healthy, obviously I, I'm fully confident what meant Nagy has prepared in these next days at training camp of how these guys are going to get better work on what they need to work on for that September 5th game against the Packers. But I think health is the biggest issue. And I think that's for every single NFL team, but if the bears can come out healthy at a training camp, that's going to be key for, for the 2019 season. Yeah. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing about any sport health can really ruin a team. And you look at the past, you know, five years of Chicago bears, we were one of the most injured teams in the NFL. Uh, you know, especially that first year with Trubisky in 2017. I mean, that was really one of the teams with the most players on IR. And I think, you know, what was good was after that season, they, they switched their, like their, uh, their nutritional staff and, you know, everyone that took care of the health issues. So I think that, you know, and then you look at last year, it was barely any injuries. So I think that's actually going to have a big effect. But one other thing I want to mention is, you know, something that, I feel like not a lot of people are even talking about anymore is what Chuck Pagano brings to the table. I think that's something we're going to see a lot. Obviously this is our first time when you get those seven on sevens, when you get those, you know, live action, 11 on 11s going on in training camp, you'll see the schemes. You'll see what Chuck Pagano is actually going to bring to the table here. And I think that's, what's really interesting is, you know, Eddie Jackson a while back, um, you know, during minicamp said you wouldn't really know the difference looking at the defense, you know, that being Vic Fangio and Chuck Pagano. He said, he really wouldn't know the difference on the defense, but I think it's a good thing. And I think I'd re- I want to see consistency because obviously we know how good the defense was last year. So if they can be that good again and even better, that's great. But we know Chuck Pagano has the tendency to bring the blitz. How will that work out? You know, all these other schemes that he's going to bring in, this will be our first hand, you know, our first time actually seeing it against a live offense here in training camp. So I think that's another thing um, that you're definitely going to want to look at. And I, and I think, again, if it's consistent, if it's good, that's something that I would say, you know, great. That's a successful 2019 training camp. But, you know, just real quick, what do you guys think about that? What will Chuck Pagano bring to the table here in training camp? I think he's going to try and keep it. I don't, I don't think he's going to change a whole lot. I think, you know, he saw the recipe for success last year. Obviously he'll throw his own twists and turns uh, and do it. But I think at, at a base level, you're going to see the same bears. You're going to see a, a, a hungry team that wants to take the ball away and is going to, they're going to talk smack to you when they embarrass you and they're going to let you know about it. So I think at a base level, it's going to be the same. But I think we're going to see some exciting, uh, you know, new new formations, new blitzes or opportunities to take the ball away. Yeah, for the most part, uh, I think the smart thing for Chuck Pagano would be to keep it at a level where mostly defensive players feel comfortable with because you don't really need to change much on this Bears defense. What I do think you will see, just kind of going back and watching what Chuck Pagano did just even with the Ravens and just when he was with the head coach at Indianapolis, expect to see those inside linebackers, Roquan Smith, Dan Trevathan, blitz those a gaps Mm -hmm. that did that a lot when Pagano was a defense coordinator. And I think that's something that you can expect because both Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith were pretty effective blitzers and also probably expect Leonard Floyd and Cleo Mack not to drop back in coverage that as much as they did when Vic Fangio was here. Look, Vic Fangio, fantastic defense coordinator and he deserved to be a head coach. But when Leonard Floyd and Cleo Mack are dropping back into coverage, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because those guys are obviously better when they're rushing forward and their assignment is to get the quarterback, bring him down, get a sack and just get off the field. But I think that's what you'll expect. Just overall and more aggressive minded defensive team. But still that base is going to be similar to what we saw from Vic Fangio. You don't have to change much on the Bears defense because it was pretty damn good last year. Yeah, I think I, I like how you 
brought up that Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd were going into coverage. It's like when you're watching the games, the moment you saw one of them just backpedal and cover that wide receiver, it seemed like everyone was saying to their head, oh boy, why, you know, why is this happening? But, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I think, you know, there's not a lot that needs to be done. It's not like Chuck Pagano has to bring in too much. He doesn't have to change much, um, you know, for this team to be good. But, you know, it seemed like, like Nick mentioned, it seemed like Rokon Smith and especially Danny Trebathan weren't getting those opportunities to go after the quarterback like they know how to do, especially Rokon Smith. I and mean, we saw what he did in that first game against the Packers. He knows how to get after the quarterback. So if he gets more of those opportunities, you're definitely going to see that growth there from Rokon. But, uh, we're going to go into our last little segment here of the podcast. Just, you know, kind of some other things. We saw the Madden ratings come out, and we don't have to specifically talk about them, but just kind of in general, Mitchell Trubisky and, quite frankly, the uh, the Bears in general, honestly, seem to be, have been earning a lot of disrespect. We know Trisk, Tr- uh, Mitchell Trubisky, per the Athletic, was ranked as 25th bottom tier uh, among all starting quarterbacks in the league, and we obviously know his Madden rating is just disgraceful, but... This is just really strange to me because his numbers, you know, the guys who are in front of him, whether that's Derek Carr, whether that's Andy Dalton, whether that's Joe Flacco, whether that's, you know, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky's numbers are far better than any of those guys that are above him on a lot of these lists that are coming out. And I know they're just opinions. I know they're just, you know, a video game system. But, you know, what do you guys make of this disrespect? I think it's fuel to the fire. And obviously, I know you guys are going to say that, too. It adds fuel and it's going to only make him better and more motivated. But why are the Bears even earning this disrespect? Why is Mitchell Trubisky earning this disrespect in the first place? You know what? I'll I just think, go, go ahead go for it, Nick. Go for uh, it. I've been taking your spotlight first. <laughs> no. uh, so I think the bears as a whole, I think national media and just everybody will look at Vic Fangio's departure is the reason why the bears are yeah. not earning respect. Trubisky, uh, you know, maybe inconsistent. They don't have a field goal kicker. Maybe that's as a whole, why the bears aren't, but for Trubisky, look, it, he's ranked in the 25th bottom tier. He still went 12 and four as a team yeah. uh, for a quote unquote <laughs> being a bottom tier quarterback. And I, I, that's not Trubisky. He's not a bottom tier guy. When the team needed him to make plays, he made them. And this is probably the year. And we hope we're hoping this year. He kind of shuts up those critics critics because it's been, it's just been nagging on and on and on. And a guy, we talked about it earlier. He's been in two different offenses, not hasn't had that consistency yet. So we'll see what happens after 2019 where he's ranked. If it's a bottom, it definitely isn't going to be a bottom tier anymore, but that's just my, my opinion on why maybe the bears as a whole have, have been given like the rankings that they have or the, you know, disrespect that they've been given in Trubisky because even Akeem Hicks, I forget what his Madden rating was, but it was it's the same as Trey Burton. It was the oh, same uh, as Trey Burton. Yeah, no, see, that's, that's <laughs> wrong. I don't know why Akeem Hicks every year. He always gets, you know, these bogus ratings for, and he's yeah. one of the best interior defensive linemen in the game, but yet people don't recognize that because I guess he's just not big enough of a name or you have a Cleo Mack who's rushing the edge and other players around him. But Hey, let everybody else be entitled to those opinions. And we'll see what happens at the end of 2019 when hopefully the bears are holding up that super bowl trophy. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason the bears don't get as much respect as far as ratings or, you know, power rankings go is because, you know, a, a lot of people are putting way more stock in the defense than the offense. Um, a lot of people are going to claim that Nagy system only worked because it was new and different. And now people have a full year on it. I think, I think kind of like what Nick said after this, next year after this upcoming season, you're going to see a lot more respect put on their name. I think you're going to see Trubisky shoot up some quarterback rankings. I think you're going to see those. I mean, I don't personally put a lot of stock into Madden ratings um, unless it's Cleo Mack, obviously, but (laughs) 
like I, I think when it comes to that, you know, you know, I'm guilty of this too. I'm a kid. I'm a 21 year old dude in journalism school. Like sometimes you have to make some tough decisions and, you know, even in the athletics article, they said Trubisky has really good tools. We just haven't seen it all consistently, which I think is a, is a, a fair thing to say. Is it fair to put him at 25 to me? No, I think he's a little higher, but we're going to see it. I, I, Nick mentioned it. You're going to see it after this upcoming season. There's going to be a lot of breakthroughs. There's going to be a lot of guys proving this, the media wrong and proving that they do have those tools to consistently do it and be those upper echelon players and be an upper echelon team, a Super Bowl contending team. Look, last year, Mitch Trubisky went zero dark 10 because of all these <laughs> things that we saw on social media that was giving him the disrespect. He's going to do it again. He's going to go zero dark 10. He's going to turn his phone off, delete Twitter, delete Instagram, let the haters hate, and he's going to go out and play his game. So I think the disrespect, it just adds fuel to the fire. It is kind of annoying as a Bears fan to see it, to be honest. You know, you're seeing these things where, oh, the Bears aren't going to win the division. The Packers and Vikings are going to be better than them. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's pretty kind of just a stupid statement in the first place, but also just, you know, it is, you know, it is annoying to see, and we all have to comment on it on Twitter because it's relevant. But um, I think that just about does it, guys. Jake Hassan, great to have you back. Uh, it was course, a lot of always. fun today. And then Nick, uh, it was awesome to have you on here. We know of your great work with the Chicago Audible. Hopefully anyone who's going to training camp, look out for the Chicago Audible and Nick Morano there. It's great to have you on, Nick. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. Bears training camp is here, you guys. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, this is Bears Nation podcast signing off. This is your host, Kevin Lafka, along with Jake Hassan, Nick Morano. Take care, guys. Yeah.